Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this special post-game show, the Forcing's Fire American Soccer Show, the USA hosting Uzbekistan at City Park in St. Louis, Missouri. Christian Pulisic converting the penalty to making it three goals to nil. And for the USA, depending on how much more time is left in second half stoppage time, uh, to me, I think this one is over and dusted, and it looks like they just blew the final whistle, and yes, they did. So the post-game show is officially on here. Uh, call in if you'd like to talk about this match at 646-929-1823, uh, as we will now get it on with this post-match show and the return of Greg Berhalter as the final score of this one, United States 3 Uzbekistan nil. Excuse me. So, what are we going to learn from this? What are we going to learn from this matchup? Let's be fair and let's be honest. The two goals scored were in second half stoppage time. Of course, Ricardo Pepe uh, ripping a shot that the keeper just could not handle, and he was never going to handle it, that's for sure. And then the penalty that was converted by Christian Pulisic was uh, absolutely fantastic, but once again, we all knew that ball was going to get buried because he's been uh, sensational at the spot when he's had to convert chances from the penalty spot. Tim Weah, uh, scoring an amazing goal to start this match early in the fourth minute. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's not so much that the goals were scored that this was a great result, because the truth is it's not a great result. 3-0 is fantastic, but you would love to see more than just 3-0 against a team like Uzbekistan. But once again, as I've been saying already, with the return of Greg Berhalter, What is the situation we have with ourselves right now? Very simply put, is that this national team, with the players that are on this team, have to be better when they are managed better by Berhalter. And the truth is, right about now, what we have witnessed through 90 minutes is simply this. It is the same disgusting display of poor tactics, poor motivation, poor across the field. From start to finish, this performance, away from the result, even though it's reading 3-0, in reality it's 1-0 USA. It was terrible, it was disgusting, and we saw a high line that kept on getting 
taken advantage of by Uzbekistan, and at the same time, poor, poor mishaps, lack of discipline, and basically just being allowed to have the ball taken off their feet. Tim Ream, who had a hell of a World Cup in Qatar, just did not look like himself out there. Being back home in St. Louis, uh, uh, a St. Louis native, the question now is, can he be trusted for the World Cup, which I don't think he can be. I think it's time for him to say goodbye once again. And I liked him. He's a great player, solid defender. But for the international game, once again, I think it's time for Tim to say, I'm done. It is time for Tim Ream to say, I'm done. I, I hate doing that. You know, I, I, you know, this is for me, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But in reality, you know, I understand that Uzbekistan is not a typical opponent that the U.S. men's national team normally plays against. If you take on some of the top nations of football in Asia, in the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation, yes, it would be Japan. Yes, it would be South Korea. Uh, maybe even Iran as well, or Iraq. But the truth is, even though Uzbekistan is ranked 74th in the world, in the world rankings, people also need to understand something else as well, because it's not just where they're ranked in the world. Where are they ranked in their local and regional confederation, which is, once again, the Asian Football Confederation. And if you go to that list in Asia, they are ranked 10th in the Asian Confederation. Now, like I said, I understand they're ranked 74th across the globe through the FIFA rankings. But also, in Asia, they are a top 10 side. So while I understand some of you believed that our guys should have dispatched them and should have at least put in five, maybe six, maybe seven goals, the truth of the matter is this. They were lucky enough to win one nil. Even though the scoreline reads 3-0, you know as well as I do, that is not a scoreline that we should be proud of today. They started off roaring. Tim Weah scored a hell of a thunder shot, fourth minute in, make it 1-0. Give credit to Weston McKenney for not only getting out of trouble and seeing Tim Weah, but to be defended by four. Recount it. Four Uzbekistan defenders. Four of them. Circling Weston McKenney, 
trying to trap him, trying to steal the ball away from him, trying to shield him away from the net. And when he was allowed an opening and he passed it back to an oncoming Tim Weah, what a smasher that was. What a shot by the son of George Weah. Unbelievable. That was amazing. And you're thinking to yourself, fourth minute in, 1-0. Watch them go and put in a second. They almost did. Give them credit. They almost did. They almost got a second goal by Florian Balogun. Unfortunately, he headed it off the off of the front post and out. Unlucky there. But from that point on, because why? Because Uzbekistan played them very well defensively. They were on the attack. They found spaces to take shots, to take chances. And if it wasn't for Matt Turner to come up big late in the first half, in first half stoppage time, that's 1-1. If Tim Ream does not make that error to put them into that position for a breakaway chance for Matt Turner, it's 1-1. Simply put, folks, that was terrible. And even though Greg made substitutions and changes, even though Greg Berhalter did make some substitutions at the right time, it still is not enough. This is still not enough for yourselves, for me. For any real pundits out there that believes that giving the reins back to Greg Berhalter is going to put this team into a position to make a run in the World Cup in 2026. We have people inside Soccer House, soon to be Soccer Office Building. That's going to tell us, we know more than you do. This is who we want. We are comfortable with Greg. We like Greg, and Greg is going to continue with us. Well, let me just say this right now. Let me say this right now. Greg Berhalter, once again, and I know it's his first game back, and he's going to have another game on Tuesday night against Oman. Not only another Asian uh, AFC team, Not only are they ranked 73rd in the world, Oman, but they are also ranked 9th in Asia, in the Asian Football Confederation rankings. So they are basically a tick higher than Uzbekistan. And once again, the USA, the U.S. Soccer Federation, originally had lined up Argentina and Brazil to play these September friendlies. And they had to step down because it was the start of World Cup qualifying in South America, in Conmebol. 
So this is why this was the mad scramble to get these two teams to fill in these dates. It had to be done. You know, when when you're seeing these players going out there, trying to do the job of the head coach and what he is trying to get you to do or what you're trying to do to get his system and his tactics to be perfection, to be strong, to be the better side. Well, it started off strong and then it fizzled out. And even though it got back up in the second half, when in the second half is more important. Because the truth is, the when was 75th, 80th minute. And finally, when you get to the final minute of regulation to the start of second half stoppage time, that's when the goals come in. That is when everything goes right again, early and late. What about in the middle? Nothing in the middle. Absolutely nothing in the middle. It is just an absolute disgrace from what we have seen of this U.S. men's national team. And once again, you can say whatever you want. U.S. soccer could say whatever they want. Once again, but sadly, very, very sadly, everything did not go the way it should have. And even when he recognized it and he tried to fix it, couldn't be fixed. And if this is what we're going to get against Oman in September to finish off on Tuesday night, if this is what we are going to get in the October qualifiers, or shall I say in the October international window, taking on Germany and East Hartford, and Ghana and Nashville, and then waiting for our opponents in November in the CONCACAF Nations League in Group A, League A, or League B, depending on which Group B, I should say, in League A, depending on who they're going to be drawn against in the quarterfinals. Because they got to play a two-match tie, a two-leg tie, to have the right to perform in the 2024 Copa America. We all know they're going to be home in Austin on November the 16th. But it's that second game. Where's it going to be? We don't know. It could be on the 21st. You know, it's going to be on that 21st. We don't know who they're facing off against. That's going to be in a, in a draw. Once again, folks, We have a problem here. We have a problem here. And as tough as it was to see B.J. Callahan on the bench next to Berhalter, 
who in my mind did a fantastic job in the CONCACAF Nations League. Obviously, things did not end well in the Gold Cup this past summer. Got a taste of seven matches in two CONCACAF tournaments with a different roster than what he had in the Nations League. How How is it possible that this man is back as the head coach of the U.S. men's national team? How is that possible? And there's already pictures of Greg Berhalter and a sign in front of his face. It looks like he has a mug shot from uh, the correctional facility in Georgia, just that's just inside Atlanta or just outside of Atlanta. And they're saying Burhalter out. Well, this is what U.S. soccer wanted. This is what they wanted. They don't want a competent head coach. What does U.S. soccer want? I'll tell you what they want. They want a yes man. They just want a yes man. Yes, I believe in you. Yes, that's a great idea. Yes, whatever you say, it will work for me. Yes to this, yes to that, yes to everything that's going on inside U.S. soccer. I'm never, I am not, I'm always wrong. You're always right. I should know better. Well, you know what? What is it that all of us can see that U.S. soccer does not see? Tell me. I would like to know what U.S. soccer sees. I would love to know what U.S. soccer sees. I'd like to know. Because right now, I don't see anything. I see the same tactics. I see the same formation. And whether he changed that formation from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 does not matter. The tactics are the same. Is this what we are now? Stuck in the mud? Stubborn? Soccer Federation, if you don't like what we are putting out there, you won't get your access. If you think we're that bad, well, guess what? You don't get it, you don't, you're not allowed to talk about us anymore. Well, guess what? Tough. It is just absolutely disgraceful what we have witnessed out there today. And as I've said, as I've said already, I understand where Uzbekistan is ranked in the world rankings, but that's not the case. You've got to see where they're ranked within their confederation, and they are the top 10 team. They are a top 10 ranked team in Asia, so that means that they're, they're still good enough. We all know who the majority of the ranking is going to be aimed towards, Europe and South America. It's really simple. 
It's really, really simple. If you're not aware of what goes on, if you're not aware of the situation that's in front of you, well, then you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. If we look at the rankings right now, top 10 right now, of course, number one is Argentina. They are the current title holders of the World Cup. Second, France, because they're the runners-up. Third, Brazil. Fourth, England. Fifth, Belgium. Sixth, Croatia. Seventh, the Dutch. Eighth, the Italians. Ninth, the Portuguese. The tenth, Spain. And for the U.S. and Mexico, respectively, they're behind the top ten teams ranked in FIFA. The USA is ranked 11th, while Mexico is ranked 12th. And at this point in time, the United States is ranked higher than Mexico. So when you look at CONCACAF ranking, the United States is first, Mexico is second, Canada is third, Panama is fourth. And once again, if you want to know these other national teams, Outside of Europe and South America, Japan right now ranked 20th. They're first in Asia. And this is where I'm going to be jumping back and forth through the rankings because currently right now, I am looking at the Asian Confederation rankings at this point in time, but they also have their world ranking next to them. So here it is, ranked 20th in the world, but first in Asia is Japan. Ranked 22nd and second in Asia is Iran. Ranked third but in Asia, but uh, ranked in the world, 27th is Australia. Uh, 28th in the world and fourth in Asia uh, is South Korea or Korea Republic. Fifth, ranked 54th, Saudi Arabia. Sixth, ranked 59th in the world, Qatar. Sixth, Iraq. Excuse me, I think I messed that up there. One, two, three, four. Saudi Arabia is fifth. Oh, Qatar is sixth. Iraq is seventh, ranked 70th. Ranked eighth is United Arab Emirates, and they're 72nd. Oman ranked ninth in Asia. They're 73rd. And Uzbekistan ranked 10th in Asia, but 74th in the world. And China is 11th, but ranked 80th in the world. So if you're looking for the top 100 nations ranked by FIFA, there you have it. They're not... Um, they're not Tajikistan, they're not Thailand, they're not North Korea, they're not Philippines, they're not Malaysia or Kuwait or Turkmenistan or the or Hong Kong or Indonesia or Chinese Taipei or Maldives or Yemen or Afghanistan or Singapore, Myanmar, Nepal, Cambodia, Macau, Mongolia, Bhutan, Laos. Bangladesh, Bruni Darussalam, Timor-Leste, Pakistan, Guam, or Sri Lanka. And what I try to do, everyone, for you, even though I, I know you want the hot takes, you want the hot takes, you want the quick wit and the fiery takes of so many others that are doing these things, what I try to do is educate you, to tell you what should it be and what it should not be. Because once again, as I've already said, 
Yes, Uzbekistan is nowhere near the level of the United States internationally. The United States ranked 11th. Uzbekistan ranked 74th. That is 63 positions lower for Uzbekistan. And that should have been a win. The world rankings is not just the world. The world rankings is also what goes on in their regional confederation. And they play damn well too. Give Uzbekistan a ton of credit. They challenged our kids. They challenged our players and they did well. They defended very well. They had chances. They could not convert, either missing their chances, hitting the crossbar, or stopped or saved by Matt Turner. Uzbekistan, you can't sleep against a team like that. You can't. And that's why you've got to play these national teams just like you're going to be facing a top, top-tier side, whether they come from Europe or South America. If you're facing Germany, Spain, Italy, England, Argentina, Brazil, if you've got to face again Ghana or Cameroon, even Costa Rica, and the rivals in Mexico, and the new rivals in Canada, and you normally take them out, well, you've got to play like that against Uzbekistan. And you're going to have to do that against Oman as well. I am not furious, but I am disappointed. I am very disappointed on how they played. I am very, very disappointed on how the USA played against Uzbekistan. That should not have happened at all. That should have been a comfortable 4-5-0 victory. But they lost focus. Granted, losing Luca De La Torre was not ideal. But once again, even before that, they were falling apart and they were losing steam. They cannot do that against these types of opponents that they are never going to see again unless miraculously they qualify for the World Cup and they are drawn in their group. This is what I try to explain to all of you. We were once the minnow. As great of a nation as we are, as much as we support them, this game, and as much as we have talented players now, back in the day, we were laughed at. We were scoffed at. We didn't care about it. It was just a fringe group. No one thought 
we were deserving to be on the same plane or on the same stage as everyone else playing this game around the world. We were considered nobodies. They hated us because they felt this is the only sport that they believed that we were better than the United States. And now that we have better players, and now that we are developing better players, now that the game is accessible to our players and to fans of ours who want to be players, that have watched Cristiano Ronaldo, that have watched Lionel Messi, that watches Major League Soccer, that watches Americans who play across the Atlantic Ocean in Europe, in the big four European leagues on that continent. Now we are a part of it and they hate us for it. But once again, Uzbekistan is at the level, if you think about it, where they're good enough in their confederation, should not be good enough at our level. And when you lower yourself to their level, they're going to take advantage of you. And they did. From minute 20 till second half stoppage time, it was all Uzbekistan. The, the result was good. The performance was crap. And if this is what U.S. soccer wants, listen, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to me. I'm not going to listen to anybody. U.S. soccer is just going to listen to themselves. They are that cartoonish photo of the dog sitting at the table on the chair drinking his coffee, eating his meal with a big fire surrounding him. And he says in that little cartoonish caption, this is fine. That is what U.S. soccer is all about. Things need to change over there. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to any pundits out there, period. And even if you go against them, even if you are a former player and you have every right to feel terrible and negative towards what the hell has been going on, whether you're a player, a former player on the men's national team, or even a former player of the women's national team, like Carly Lloyd did for the Fox Sports coverage of the World Cup, the Women's World Cup this past um, July, August. every right to feel like this they have to feel the shame you know like listen i don't like being criticized either but you know what i take it and then i move on because i learn from it and i try to improve myself u.s soccer doesn't want to improve themselves they want the instant gratification when they do well but they can't handle the negativity when they don't You know, when Sunil Gulati fired Jurgen Klinsmann on the attempt to qualify for the Russian World Cup after two matches in the final round of qualifying in the hex, and he brought in Bruce Arena to change things up, 
He had no choice. He sensed something was wrong and he had to make a change. And he did. And at that time, even I said, Bruce will whip them into shape. And Bruce Arena, granted, he did well, but there were times that he didn't do well. And you're thinking to yourself, has Bruce lost it? Has Bruce Arena lost it? And then, as great as Bruce Arena is, unfortunately, in his older age, even his arrogance gets the best of him. And that is the one negative that he has, his arrogance. I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be arrogant. He does. He is one of the most decorated head coaches that American soccer has ever had, both on the club level and on the national team level. He led this national team to the quarterfinals of the 2002 FIFA World Cup. And granted, unfortunately, they couldn't, they couldn't get back to that level in 2006 in Germany. They were eliminated in the, in the group stage. Got off to a great start. Six goals to nil against Honduras over at PayPal Park in San Jose. But everything fizzled out. And the dream was over. Loss to Costa Rica 2-0 at Red Bull Arena. Not because of the crowd. Because the players and him stunk up the joint. That's the problem. That's the issue. The players try to blame half of the visiting crowd who is rooting for Costa Rica. Because if they would have done their jobs in that game, they wouldn't have heard that. That is where the cracks were showing. And that's where the foundation broke apart. And that's where everything fell down. You want to know what else fell down? Common sense. U.S. soccer continues to delay and delay and delay when it comes to hiring a new head coach. They take their sweet time with it. And for the second time, what did they do? They brought over someone they wanted. They let him finish up being a head coach for the Columbus crew and Greg Berhalter. And then after this whole situation with him and the Reina family, they said they're going to find someone else. They put Anthony Hudson as the interim. Anthony Hudson leaves because he knew he wasn't going to be the permanent head coach. They used B.J. Callahan. And as soon as he's ready to start his first ever national team match as a head coach, here comes the news that Greg Berhalter is back. It's laziness, it's deceiving, and it's terrible. And once again, U.S. soccer has let down the supporters. Granted, they don't have to listen to the supporters. They don't have to listen to the fans. 
but they're blind if they think Greg Berhalter is going to do something magical. And he better. Because now, it's not enough that you beat Mexico. It's not enough you do well on home soil. It's not enough. You need to win on the road within the Confederation when you are on the road. No. And it's not even enough if you do get victories or if you do have poor performances in Europe or in Asia or in Africa or in South America to go to Iceland to win or lose. The point is this, and it's very, very simple. If he does not do well in the Copa America in 2004, next summer, if he does not do well in the next Gold Cup, if he goes three and out in the FIFA World Cup, he's got to go. Actually, the truth is, he should, have been, he should be gone. In reality, he should be gone if they cannot get out of the group stage of the Copa America. Period. Period. Dominating CONCACAF is over and done with, folks. That's already happened. South America, you want to defeat Argentina and Brazil in the Copa America? You want to take the Copa America trophy? Good. Do it. Do it. But honestly, get out of the group stage in the Copa America. That's when you should sack them. Because now we're not wasting any time here. U.S. soccer, you've wasted enough of our time. You've wasted our time, and the truth is, it's over. Either get with the program or get out. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Because in reality, it's not just about performing well. It's about the money and how much you're going to make of it, because that's all it really is. Because it shouldn't just be about the money. It should be about... Are you good enough to go on a run and win that little golden trophy and say we are the best in the world, a true world champion, period? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do for my show tonight. Once again, the United States defeats Uzbekistan by a final of three goals to nil. Um, the entire performance, I give it a four. The result, I'll give it a six, but the performance, I give it a four. Just was not good enough. And join me on Tuesday night for post-match as the United States will host Oman over at Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota. You can watch that match on TNT at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. And you can listen to my post-match show at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific Time. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care. So long and bye-bye for now.